Once upon a time, there were two badass women who thought mom brain was complete BS. Then they had babies, became besties, and decided to start a podcast to talk about how they were totally wrong. Welcome to Blame It on Mom Brain. Hey everyone, it's Amanda. Hi, this is Jodine, and welcome back to Blame It on Mom Brain. Amanda, last week when we spoke, you mentioned that you had a dream about Romeo when you were pregnant, and that really brought back memories for me because I had forgot that in my first trimester, I was having really bad nightmares, and I forgot about that until you mentioned it last week, and I've been really looking forward to bringing that back up with you. Uh, Did you also have nightmares? I didn't have nightmares, but I had a lot of vivid dreams. And so I I have, however, heard of people having like pregnancy nightmares. So what were yours about? Like, what were you thinking? Like what was coming up for you? I had no idea this was a thing like at all. No one had ever mentioned this to me before. I feel like we just forget, right? Like I, I had forgotten until you mentioned it. So there's two that I really remember. One was that I had cancer. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it was pretty bad. And like, I don't know, I'm a pretty moly person. So I think it was like um, melanoma. It was, and these were very specific dreams. The fact that I could tell you, like I was sick with cancer. And the other one was that I was trapped. It was a really intense dream. It was like, I was trapped in a room and there was other females with me in this room. And we were trying to escape the room and there was somebody in there with us that was like trying to hurt us or something. And I just remember trying to escape through the vents, you know, like they do in the movies. I don't think sure. that's even possible. I've never seen a vent that I could fit in. But <laughs> oh but I remember I had to escape into this vent and I couldn't tell you the rest because it's been so long. But I remember looking up after and reading about dreams with pregnancy and that's actually those two dreams are pretty common um it's like symbolizes you know um you having a fear that you know something is about to take over your life or you're feeling trapped um that you know you're something's happening to you that you know you can't get out of i can't remember what the sickness one was i should have looked this up before this but, you know, that's incredibly powerful to to consider given, you know, it's your first pregnancy. You've, you know, jumped in headfirst into this thing, which we've established we didn't really know very much about. Yeah. And how it really does feel like a surrender of power or control over your life. I think dreams are super telling. They show us a lot about the things that are heavy on our heart or mind. And it's a common thing probably because a lot of moms experience this this feeling of am i trapped is this thing completely out of my control what happens if i kick the bucket is this the end of my life like yeah. oh my god there's so many things that i think are perfectly normal to think about but even crazier are the fact that we dream about them it was overwhelming in the moment i remember waking up and just being like almost in tears because the the dreams were just so intense and I was genuinely scared. And I don't think I've ever experienced a dream quite as intense as that. I'm sure it's hormones. This was the first trimester. Okay. Um, were your dreams also in the first trimester? I can't remember when the bulk of my dreams were. However, I journaled nearly every day of my pregnancy. So mm. I would be certain that I could just flip through the journal and find out because I really 
I lean a lot on dreams. I find that I get a lot of information from them. In fact, so many of the women in my life who have become pregnant, I found out about it the day before in a, in a dream. Weird. And, I mean, I found out my sister was pregnant in dreams. I found out about people who were thinking about being pregnant in dreams. When I was 14, I had a dream, a reoccurring dream about my very, very best friend um, that she would have twin boys. She's she's not a mom. She has no babies. Um, but I'm holding on tight that that one's going to pull through. <laughs> fingers crossed that I was right about that one. I'm like, why am I not dreaming about lottery numbers? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so in terms cool. of my dreams, I know it's crazy. And in terms of my dream, I my dream was they weren't so much scary as they were like informative. I think I was saying on the last podcast that I I knew in my gut that Romeo would be a boy, but because we were polling my family saying like, do you think it'll be boy or girl? And the vast majority said girl. I kind of convinced myself that it was going to be. So I was in yeah. utter shock, you know, thinking, oh gosh, it's a boy when we did find out. However, when I got back to it, and again, mom brain is a thing. So I'd kind of forgotten that I had had that dream, but I had a dream that a lady called me on the telephone to tell me that it was a boy. And so I, I know that in my gut, I already knew the answer. Um, but I let like waking up and shaking myself back to reality kind of brush off the gut instinct. So I've just yeah. found them to be really informative about things that my intuition has gotten a tip off about, or I know this is going to sound, you know, I, I don't know how this will sound, but <laughs> my grandfather, my grandfather has passed. Um, it was a really devastating loss for our family. And he was the one who told me my sister was pregnant mm. the first time. And then again, the second and, and sorts of things like that. And, and, and that I knew he'd known Romeo because I'd gotten information like that from dreams and stuff. So I don't know what that makes me or what that's called, but. Do you um, mean he, he had passed before Romeo? Yes. He passed okay, about okay. six, seven years ago now. My gosh, well, I don't remember dates and yeah, stuff, yeah. but yeah, like he, I've dreamt of him quite a bit since he's passed. We've chatted. Like I know how he's, or I feel like I know how he, ha how he is mm -hmm. feeling and, or how things have gone for him. Um, I haven't dreamt of him in a little while, but I, I, I remember so, so freaking vividly him sitting with me, my mom and my sister. And in, in a weird way, he was like wrapped in a blanket the way a baby is swaddled. Mm. And he just looked up at me and while he was wrapped in this blanket and he just said, oh, finally, someone knew. And then oh. a few hours later, I woke up and then a few hours later, I got a phone call from my sister. I was in LA at the time. And she goes, well, guess what? You're going to be a nan. And I was like, I'm sobbing. I'm like, holy oh. shit. Like, I couldn't believe it. And then I was like, wait, wait, I knew this. I knew this was going to happen. No, no, no told me. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Your oh crazy God. sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister's nuts. <laughs> oh, my God. I and, love you know, that. I love that, though. That's that so nuts. great. Yeah. So I, I don't know which trimester specifically, but I know that I had, like, little tips and, and tidbits here and there with dreams. Well, and. They weren't it would so have been, the, scary, it would have been the first because you found out uh, Romeo's You're gender. right. You're right. You're right. It would have been probably first trimester. And is yeah. so is that the bulk of when the dreams are most vivid? Did you I look think up? That's for me yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um I it must be something to do with our hormones or something that is and just like the immediate shock. <laughs> I yeah, guess I our mean, bodies are just doing so much and they're just like 
there's a lot of processing going on yeah. across the board. So anybody who's listening, first of all, I don't even want to go a minute further without saying if you had vivid dreams, please send us a message. We want to know any dreams that you may have had and or are currently having during pregnancy. So yeah. that is um, actually kind of what leads us to today's topic really is just a pregnancy experience overall and diving into things like that. What kind of feelings did we experience both emotionally, but also physically, you know, kicks begin. Um, how did we look and feel in our bodies and how do we dress or how did we uh, hold ourselves or what was our confidence like, like just the experience overall, because there's a lot. And so I think this will be a really interesting one because I don't know that I know all of those answers for your pregnancy. And while I feel like I probably have like, I feel like I might have an idea. I would love to hear of it more from you and and what exactly that was like. So let's just start off with the number one thing, which is the pregnancy glow that everybody talks about, that you get this glow <laughs> once you get pregnant. Oh my God, you're glowing. Like, do you feel you gained a pregnancy glow? And how did you feel in your body? Did you feel confident? Did you feel unsure? Were you just going with the flow? Like, what was the physical glow or physical experience of pregnancy like for you? Um, okay. So the glow factor. So everyone should know now I worked with a bunch of men. Men don't know what to say to pregnant women. Um, and that was always their default thing that they would say to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think there's a glow I should be talking about yeah, with this like, pregnant lady. They're like, oh, you're glowing. And I was like, no, man, I'm sweating. It's so hot. I'm so hot all the time. So th that actually, um, kind of rem reminds me of another one of those gender things that people would guess like about acne mm. um if you had what it's i don't know it's so stupid if it if you get if you acne, had acne you had a boy or no it's a girl because the girl oh. is taking your beauty jesus right what yeah, no so stupid so if you have oh, clear God. skin i don't know uh, the boy's taking okay. some of your ugliness it's a stupid thing to say I don't know, but I will just quickly mention I had I had complete acne. I totally looked like I was 15 years old oh. in high school again. Yeah, like I broke out face, chest, back a little bit. Like anyway, I'll dive more into my when, experience. When did you break out? Oh, from the jump. From oh, the jump. Okay. And okay. all pregnancy long. My hormones really made it so that it was like, we're gonna give you 15-year-old boy vibes. That right. was the vibe. Yeah. That's not so. cute. No, it wasn't cute. cute. There was no such glow. It was all breakouts. No, no, no. I um, I did get some acne on my face, but I was wearing a mask for nine hours a day at work talking. Mm, so yeah. I honestly, I blamed it on that, like mask knee. So I don't know if I would have had that. If It's hard to say for me, honestly. And it wasn't serious, but it was a little bit on my cheeks, but it was very mask placement. So I'm going to say no for like the acne portion. But the glow, I don't know. Not really. I don't know if I felt glowy. I just felt warm and uncomfortable at the end of it. But definitely not glowy anywhere else. The first trimester for me was definitely the most exhausting. I was exhausted at work. I'm just going to say I did not have any morning sickness. Oh, my goodness. So, I know. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Actually, I think I remember you telling me that the day we met. Like, I recall it. I think I, I was slightly nauseous one day. I ate some sour candy because um, a doctor told me that. I was like, that is the most exciting 
remedy I've ever heard. You're like bring <laughs> it, it on. Morning sickness, but I yeah. just ended up having a bag of sour candy in my cupboard as my medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no morning sickness. Some other weird things I had in the first trimester. Um, I had some pretty intense cramping, which actually made me nervous because it was so intense. And I guess that is the embryo implanting into yeah. your uterus. But mine were like, I was keeled over on the couch, like in the fetal position some nights, just in serious pain from cramping. That was scary. And so no nausea, but I had that. And the other thing I had was really intense pain in my boobs. And that mm, was, yeah. I think I told you that was the sign that I was pregnant, but it was like March. Yeah. February, March. And it was still pretty chilly out. I couldn't stay outside if it was cold. I have to go inside because I'd get this shooting pain like through my nipples. I don't know what was happening, (laughs) but um, I couldn't – I'd like – right now I'm standing here with my arms crossed. I'd stand here and and I'd cross my arms and like hold my boobs and just like try and squeeze them because I was in so much discomfort and Neil would look over at me and I'd be like, I can't stay outside. I have to go inside and get warm because I'm just – I'm so in so much pain right now. So that was um, another really weird thing. I'm just seeing if I forget anything I also said. Yeah, extreme exhaustion. That was that was the my main symptoms in my first trimester. Do do you remember what your first trimester was? Do you have morning sickness? Oh, oh my god! I, oh, I remember the- like it was yesterday. I had oh. morning sickness for 17 weeks straight. Like ah! for 17. 17- For 17 weeks, I didn't just, and I think it's folly that it's called morning sickness because baby, this was around the clock. It didn't matter what time of day it was. There were points where I was awoken in the middle of the night by the sheer intensity of my need to barf. And although I did not vomit not once through the entire nearly 41 weeks that I carried my baby boy, I absolutely felt like I needed to all the way to week 17. And it was intense and I hate ginger. So that didn't work for me. It made it worse in fact. So my, my tip for you is really find the thing that works for you. Cause what ended up being my saving grace was when my midwife suggested saltine crackers, you know, like those premium saltine crackers that you like dip in like tomato soup. She goes, you don't need to eat a whole sleeve. Just a couple bites of the cracker is going to do it. And I was like, okay, I'll try that because ginger is not helping me. And lo and behold, I ended up carrying those crackers in every bag, in every car ride, anywhere I went to every restaurant because I needed it in order to not need to, to not feel the nausea. It was crazy. And how quickly did that work? It worked instantly. It would work. Yeah. It was like a button that I would just go boop. Oh, and it was just like a bite of the cracker. I know it was crazy to see just how quickly it worked. So I'm amazed. And again, this is just a testament to how everybody's pregnancy experience is so different because, you know, my... Uh, my family, my sister didn't have any nausea the way that I did. Like she had some, but maybe not to this degree or for that long, right? So even siblings don't have identical pregnancies. Um, but our, hearing the difference between ours is so funny. But yeah, so I, the nausea was terrible. Did you um, try the I, sour candy? I did. And that was what I just wanted to say. I had a girlfriend who knew about that trick. She was pregnant with her second while I was pregnant and had gotten that word of that trick from her in her first pregnancy. So when she came by one day, she brought me two bags of really sour candy. She goes, just, just trust me. So I too had bags of sour candy in my cupboard that I would just pop one in. And it um, worked. And it worked. Okay. And it I was curious because I didn't, I didn't know if it really worked or not. 
It worked for me anyway. Okay. I mean, there's probably going to be some people who said ginger or the lollipops or the little suck candies really worked for them, you know, but yeah, it definitely worked for me. And and those ginger candies, I just threw them swiftly into the garbage. Like they were no good. Um, I tried, I would, I would try to drink the tea. I try to have the candy, all of it. It just didn't do the trick in terms of the way the rest of the pregnancy went. I, I felt like I was exhausted, but I am a morning person and the bulk of my energy and my burst of energy is in the morning. So I was still able to get a workout done every morning. I'd be going almost every single part, hit, hit, the whole workout, but I was able to move and I'd feel so much better once I'd get my workout done. But then it would just tank. Like just think of a pew, my energy would just shoot down a whole bunch for the rest of the day. Um, and I do work for myself. I do work from home. So I was lucky in the sense that I didn't have a commute or um, to get up and go somewhere, but it was really hard to continue my regular work schedule that I'd planned um, identically after that workout. It, that's really was really challenging. Um, but you just have to get on with it, don't you? Like you just have to push through regardless because there's nothing else you can do, you know? Um, I'm and so then, thankful I didn't have morning sickness because I don't think I would have been able to work. And I talked to my coworkers about that. Like I, I, it was necessary for my body to not be sick because I would not have been able to physically work. and I would have been on like disability or something. Well, that's it. And it's, it's tough. Like I can't fathom how some women who struggled with it as badly as I did, got up and still went to work and still did the thing, right? Like, I, it's just truly, they're remarkable. But physically, you know, I did mention that I had acne. And while I'm saying this, I am realizing that it kind of alleviated a little bit in trimester two. I feel um, like trimester two was my best spot. I had more of an even base level of energy. I still was tired, but the nausea dissipated. Physically, I started to feel like I was showing. I enjoyed the bump stage of that where it was starting to happen. Um, the first trimester felt a bit weird because it felt like I just had a virus. Like mm -hmm. there was no bump. I felt like I was sick all the time, but couldn't like, you couldn't guess why looking at me type of thing, right? Like that's what it felt okay, like. Okay. So at what point did you actually like your bump? Because for me, that beginning of like, uh, when did I start showing? I might probably like... Uh, 19 weeks, I actually looked like I had something, but then I didn't know what to do with it because it was this little weird, like, lump. It wasn't like your pregnant bump. It's just like this awkward stage. That's, I think, the weirdest part about the second trimester is you're gaining the bump and you don't know. Like, yeah, like yeah, the growing weird. pain of like, where, what's my, what are we doing now? Are we showing or are we not showing? Like, let's yeah. make a decision here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I... I mean, I think my favorite part was probably around like week 23, 26-ish. Like I I think then my bump was showing enough um, for me to really feel like I could like hug it. Um, week 23 was the first time I felt Romeo kick and it was so cool to notice. I felt him kick at week 23, but I kid you not, and I will never, ever forget this day, Will and I had a picnic at week 16 in the park and it was a park just right behind our house. So we just walked over, sat down, pulled out a sandwich, started eating. And while I was eating, I felt flutters in my stomach. And this is week 16. So it was pretty early. At least I, I interpreted it as early. And I just knew that that was the baby. 
And then again at week 17, I felt it again. It felt like like little flutters in my my I belly. I felt it again. Flutter is a good word to describe it. Yes, it, it felt almost like I had like butterflies yeah. flutter, like I had gas, but I but I didn't. Like it was very interesting, but I just knew that it wasn't it wasn't my stomach gurgling. I knew it wasn't gas. Like I just understood what it was and I just remember sobbing in the park that day because it it was the first time where the sickness was starting to dissipate right Mm -hmm. like I it ended by week 16 and a half 17 so I was starting to feel better I actually felt something by week 18 ish honestly I could see a little bump so I felt by week 18 I could see something so things were starting to go into a direction of me feeling like Oh my God, this is really happening. It wasn't like, oh, I just have a really bad cold, but someone's told me I'm pregnant. It was, holy shit, I think I'm actually pregnant. Like it was almost like it started to dawn on me a little bit more. And like I said, my energy kind of went up. So I felt in a better headspace. It helped me feel more excited about the way my body was changing. Um, and I'd love to hear from you too. Like what, you know, what was your favorite bum stage? And what did you feel like in your body? People talk a lot about, um, loving their body as it changes, um, celebrating that they're growing a being. Um, but I know now having gone through it myself that there are lots of nuances there and some people may, might feel different parts of the spectrum between I hated it to I freaking loved it. So what was your experience? I had really mixed feelings because first I didn't know how to dress. All of a sudden everything I ever wore didn't fit me. And I was just in this weird state of like, what do I put on every day? Because I go to work. I don't have to stay at home. So like, I had to get dressed. So that was one thing I struggled with. I'll mention my tips in a minute for getting dressed for pregnancy. But I had this underlining fear of what my body was going to look like after. And mm. as soon as I started to look different, that's the thoughts that started entering my brain. Because I was, I couldn't focus on like, oh, look at this cute bump. I was like, oh my God, am I going to have stretch marks? And I started really yeah. getting stressed about that. I was like, yeah. oh my God, what's going to happen to my boobs? Oh yeah. my God, what's going to happen to this? What's going to happen? Like, what am I, what's going to happen to me? Like, yeah. I started feeling that, that fear of, you know, the, the lack of control I was about to have about what was going to happen to my body. And that was... I really focused on that, unfortunately, in the second trimester, but I was able to get over that. I really did like my my bump after a while. I find that so the bump, the baby bump. <laughs> um, once I started figuring out how to dress and everything like that, it, I think it made me feel a lot more confident because when I would just wore my regular clothes, I just felt fat. Sure. Like, I didn't feel cute at all. I just felt bizarre. So I... I didn't want to spend money on maternity clothes. I don't know how you felt about that, but I was like, no, nah, man, this is so overpriced. We were both November due dates, mm-hmm. but I invested in maxi skirts. Okay, yeah. I wore a lot of flowy maxi skirts because I knew I could wear those again after because yep. they just had to fit me underneath my underneath my boobs. And then I'd take t-shirts and I'd tie them in a little knot with the yep. maxi skirt. I used to wear that a lot. And I bought some maxi dresses. I wore dresses all the time. I did buy one pair of um, like biker shorts. I think that's what people call them now. Uh, Pregnancy biker shorts. Oh, yeah. I also bought to wear under dresses. 
to you know avoid the thigh chafing and yep. i also wore the align lululemon leggings yeah they worked really well i already had a pair that was too big for me that ended up fitting me really well I bought a couple stretchy bras, like stretchy, not workout bras, a lot less tight than that. Because I will say my boobs didn't really grow. My boobs were already big. Let's be real. Okay. But my boobs didn't grow until after when my milk came in. I was always waiting for that to happen. But it was like after my milk came in that none of my bras fit me anymore. And, oh, I, I know this really affected you, but shoes. I could mm-hmm. only wear one pair of shoes by the third trimester, like um, sneakers. I had so much swelling. That's when I really started to not like the way I looked. I didn't even want to take pictures because by the third trimester, I had so much water retention. My lips were fat, which wasn't a bad thing, but my face was fat. My eyelids were puffy. I just looked really like, I don't know, I looked different and I didn't enjoy that stage. My bump was still cute, but my face was not, I, would, I couldn't recognize myself. It was weird. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you, does it? No. Well, <laughs> there's a lot that I can relate to. First of all, yes, preg- like maternity clothing is incredibly expensive. I, I resent the industry for knowing that moms are excited about having their bump and willing to dress it no matter what the cost, except some people aren't. And so I did a lot of Facebook marketplace searching. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of great women out there who uh, have you know, either decided they're no longer having pregnancies in the future and want to clear out stock. So I took advantage of that for really great prices. I sold things as well or gave donated, gave them away for free if ever like it was a lot and I didn't like love everything in it, you know. But having said that, that really only happened later for me. I agree with you that I didn't feel great in the the clothes that I had, but I freaking milked it until week 28 before I even started exploring anything else. I wore every single thing I already owned for the same reason you just said, which is it was so expensive and I really didn't feel like looking for anything else. I just wore the things that gave me more stretch. And one thing you mentioned was the Lululemon aligned leggings. I own, listen, I own one pair, but that one pair of leggings is the only pair of leggings that fit from week one to week 40 plus six. Like yeah, I'm, I'm talking, it's, wild. it's crazy. I couldn't believe it. Like, like granted they had to be pulled down a bit lower to accommodate mm-hmm. for the growing belly, but they always fit. I was shocked. And they're still what I wear today to go out, work out. Like they're, they held so well. The quality was pretty, pretty rad. But I found that I really enjoyed how I was changing in trimester two. I loved the feeling of being pregnant. I wasn't feeling nauseous. So I really began to like step into my stride of like embracing the baby bump. Like that felt really good to me. In fact, I felt really confident and very sexy in the second trimester. I don't know how to explain it, but I, I did gain that whole glow that I thought I would never have. It wasn't a very long blip in the pregnancy radar, but it was there for some moments and I embraced them whenever they came. And then the rest of the time it was back to feeling like a 15 year old boy. Like, I mean, (laughs) I, you know, it was very interesting how things could change the lack of control, the night and day of it. In terms of shoes, I actually didn't experience any swelling whatsoever. I kept the same shoes and was able to wear every rotation of heels to flats, to flip-flops and running shoes the entire time. However, at the end of the pregnancy, Will and I were going through all the boxes in our place, 
we had had Romeo a few months later. Um, we decided we wanted to leave our apartment, move across the country and come to Montreal where my family now lives. And I'm here now. Um, but as I was sorting through all of my stuff, I was trying on my shoes only to come to find that my feet have gotten longer. Okay. That's so, what it was. That's what I was remembering then. Yes. So, so when did all- that happen? At the end, I get—I mean, I have no freaking idea because I was able to wear everything the whole way, like till the last day, nothing I wore felt too tight. I had no swelling whatsoever, but my feet got longer. My feet grew. So now they are bigger. <laughs> so like not wider, they're just longer. So where I was like an, an eight or an eight and a half, I'm more like an eight and a half, nine. And so I had to donate some of these shoes that I've, I've had my whole life, like you said, you know, this whole wardrobe that you've had that all of a sudden doesn't fit. It was the same for shoes for me where now I've had to give away some of my favorite pairs because my feet are too long. So, you know, I've kissed them goodbye and I didn't move them across the country with me, but I've, I grieved that, that's for sure, because some of those shoes yeah. were damn nice. <laughs> Oh, man, I think, it's a bummer. You know, people say like having a baby is expensive, but becoming a mom is expensive. It is <laughs> because, expensive. Right? Nursing bras, um, like that in itself is so expensive to get nursing bras and new shoes, new clothes, oh, yeah. having clothing that fits you. I will say if you want to buy cute maternity clothes, make oh, man, sure no that you can you. also wear it postpartum yeah. when you're breastfeeding. Yeah. That's yeah. that's really important. Um, if you have any friends who can hook you up, if you have a local community Facebook group that you can join for moms swapping items or even on Facebook Marketplace or just locally garage sale, things like that, strongly recommend turning to that because it really can be expensive. And some of these pieces, it's not that they're not good anymore. It's just that someone is just not planning on being pregnant again. And it's mm-hmm. a complete waste to go buy something brand new. There was a point where in my pregnancy, I did need to buy straight up brand new stuff. First of all, to find stores that were strictly maternity related was like trying to find a needle in a haystack. I was traveling across the country in an RV with my man. It was our last hurrah before baby. And there came a point somewhere between like, somewhere in Alberta where I was too big for what I had packed. I think I told you it was around like the 28 week mark, right? I was in a van at this point. And when I realized that, I was like, we need to hit up a Walmart or something. We've got to find somewhere because I fit into nothing anymore. And this was when I started to feel like a bit, ew, in my body, like a bit, I I, I don't feel like myself is all I can really explain it as. And I did have to find a little boutique, not like a little shop, but like a straight up boutique where we were. And it cost me lots of money to get the right bras and then the right tops and rompers and things that, like Jodine said, that could grow with me so that I, I would be able to maybe use them after the fact. Um, come to find, I can't really wear a lot of them after the fact. Um, it's many months later. Um, I am back into my pre-pregnancy clothes at this point. Um, but in the moment, I was like, this is a whole, this is an entire um, niche of shopping that I'd never cared to explore before in my life. Mm -hmm. Just the maternity segment. Think about like the price of maternity jeans alone is just wild. So if you can get somebody who can help you out, even just lend you a pair, if not give it to you, just say yes, say yes to the help, say yes to the gifting. It is going to save you lots and lots of headache as well, because all the little energy that you have Spend it towards doing other things instead of, unless you really like the shopping aspect of it. I, I can't speak to that. I'm not a, a, a lover of shopping. I never have been. Um, and so I just found it frustrating while I was pregnant to say, oh, maybe I'm this size. 
oh, actually, no, maybe I'm that size, but no, I'm, I'm more that size. Like it was like, I literally couldn't dress my body. I had no concept of, of what size I was, what to wear, what would look good. I, oh gosh. It was a lot. It was it's, a lot. It's something sure. you don't think about, right? I no. literally lived in dresses. <laughs> I, I was like, I will wear a dress every day. Until. That's probably the best way to go. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I did mention kicks, when did you first feel Creed kick? Okay, so I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but Creed was a breech baby right until oh, yeah. I had her. So mm-hmm. I was waiting for kicks. I felt things. I felt movement. But once once I got to the third trimester and everyone's like, you should be feeling lots of kicks, I wasn't feeling lots of kicks. I would feel things like... Um, flutters in my groin that's hilarious i know that now was her feet oh my god because she her head was up i would feel this pushing on the like right underneath my right boob i would feel this hard thing which i assumed was her bum because i was picturing her not being breech i didn't know she was breech which was her head, I found out after. Oh, and it was her head just like head banging on me. So that's what I felt. It wasn't as much kicks. I felt like Creed, like listening to heavy metal music. Amazing. And unfortunately, that actually kept pushing my rib out right behind it. I kept getting this crazy mid-back pain. And that was probably the worst part of my about my pregnancy was the third trimester was this mid-back pain. I went to the chiropractor a few times. He'd pop it back in. The next day, it would be popped back out. And I know now it was because it was her freaking head was just smashing my back. Oh, my God. Um, so, I, unfortunately, I don't have a single video where you can see her, you know, kicking because she just wasn't in the right position for that. So, I didn't get a lot. I did feel movement, but not right. kicks. And it was just a weird sort of movement. Did you have the traditional kicks? I did. I And, and I'm glad that you mentioned this because surely there are, are people listening right now who can absolutely relate to the breach position. And I find it amazing to hear like where you felt her and the fact that the mm. flutters were her feet. It's hilarious. Um, I did have the more traditional positioning. Everything was looking good pretty early in terms of where he had situated himself. I felt him hiccuping in my crotch. Mm. So Every time he'd hiccup, it was like in my crotch. I still to this day have a very special place in my heart when Romeo hiccups because I just relive that moment of like where I felt it while I was pregnant. But yeah, otherwise I did get like the film of him like going in the belly and it's pretty surreal. It was surreal to feel at the time. I felt literally like I had a tenant and I was a landlord, like I was inhabited. It was (laughs) such an interesting, I was like, I'm going to evict your ass pretty soon. You better get on out of here. I called her my parasite. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Some people took offense to that. I think I think Will would call it the same. Yeah. <laughs> he would have loved that. He would have absolutely loved it. He called it Alien. He's like, you're like the movie Alien. Yeah. Like he would see it a thousand <laughs> times a day. I was like, can we not? <laughs> yeah, Why do we need to be like Alien? But there's, I mean, you know, all of this is to say that Everybody has a different journey with how it even feels as you grow the baby bump. And we talked a lot about the physical, right? Like what was your favorite stage of dressing the bump, looking, rocking the bump? How did you feel mentally in your pregnancy experience? Did you feel, you know, any blues? Did you feel really empowered? Did you feel scared, anxious, nervous? Were you thinking, like, what was the predominant thing on your mind? Like, would you say that you're, you had a, a like a, positive headspace or was it more of a curious apprehensive one um and you know i'm saying this thinking you probably went through all of that but if you could 
you know, highlight one specifically that stood out to you? I'd be curious to hear what it is. I became obsessed with information. Mm. I became obsessed with researching. Like I could have been your doula by the end of Amazing. by the end of my pregnancy. I went from someone who knew nothing to someone who knew so much because I've learned it's such a learning experience. It showed me that knowledge gives me comfort. Okay. Um, and not not being told what to do, but just knowing what is physically happening to me. I found it so fascinating. And even to the point where I actually looked into doula courses. Wow. Like I, I enjoyed learning about it so much. I, I watched so many birthing videos. <laughs> oh my goodness. Before that, Sorry. I'd never watched a single one. But then after I was yeah. like, this is amazing. So it, it really removed the fear aspect for me. Yeah. So that, that was, I would have to just say I was obsessed with knowledge about everything. I know so much about pregnancy and birth now. <laughs> so it gave you, com like, I guess it's a sense of control as well, because you can control how much you learn. You can control how many videos you watch. You can control, um, you know, the, the curiosity that you have, you can choose to be curious or not. Like I I'm sure that that helped give you a tiny bit of of comfort in what is otherwise a wild ride in which you have absolutely no control. It gave me um, so much comfort. It gave me, because when I found out I was pregnant, like I said in that podcast, I was so afraid and shocked. And it was yeah. me trying to figure out how do I overcome this fear of yeah. birth specifically? I think we're taught to be afraid of birth from a pretty yeah. young age through yeah. movies and Everything, everything <laughs> literally everything. any everything tells yeah. you to just be absolutely terrified of birth. So you find out you're pregnant, you're like, oh my God, I have to give yeah. birth now. So yeah. finding out all this knowledge for me was, it was so essential. And that's why I wanted to start this podcast was because I wanted to help other people not feel so terrified like I was. I don't, I'm trying to think, but I didn't have a lot of blues. I was pretty, I was excited. And when people would ask me how I was feeling about being pregnant and having a baby, I, I remember responding to some people saying, you know, I'm about to go on maternity leave. And this is definitely not me taking time off, which I can definitely tell you now it's not taking time off. But it's like getting a new job. It's a new challenge. I love to be challenged. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I thought about it was I'm looking forward to this new job that I'm about to have and this new experience. And I'm just trying to keep an open mind. I just kept an open mind the whole time. But I really, really, I didn't, I didn't experience much blues or low time before that. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was just looking forward to the next chapter of my life and trying to keep my mind open to that whatever that was I had no idea what that was but I was trying to keep my mind open for it did you like I know you experienced anxiety oh, so yeah did that I amplify you know it? to be honest it didn't I mm. actually found it was so calming I found it was like I think I mentioned my meow to my roar on the last mm. episode where it just made me start realizing that all the things all the minutiae that would that used to create anxiety for me that did feel really heavy um, or that would influence my mental state, especially after the year it was, right? 2020, 
was a really overwhelming year. You probably didn't see a lot of the people you love. You were probably home more than you wanted to be. You probably had work look a little different for you. Like everybody went through a collective uh, exhausted sigh, you know, um, and we were pregnant not too far off the heels of that. And so I actually found that this was something grounding and exciting and beautiful for me to breathe through. It was my reminder to breathe. It was what made me hell-bent on movement. I'm I'm big on movement. I, I need to get daily movement in every day, whether that's a workout, a walk. Like There's got to be something. I've, I've operated like this my entire life. And even though I was still doing those positive things prior to pregnancy, when the pregnancy came around, it was like, like you said, all these things that make you concerned or worried or fearful of what your body is about to do. And in reality, I learned through my research and my, you know, self-informing was that this is what I'm designed to do. Like, it's not my purpose, my sole purpose in life, but it's my body being able to lock hands with me and say like, I've got you. And and then teaming up with this little one saying like, we're going to do this and we are the ultimate team. And so I found it really helpful because I would stretch at night. I would go deeper into my breath. I would try to meditate, even if it was for three minutes, like I would do a one to three minute meditation. I didn't care how short it was. It was every single day I will purposefully foster a positive mental headspace for this baby because they deserve it. But I deserve it above all else. I deserve that. And if I am the weather of this baby's world, then I've got to learn how to create an environment that is conducive for light, learning, not letting people's negativity influence our energy and being really, really fierce about that, basically. So it was crazy how me, as someone who was really, really anxious, actually found a lot of calm, peace, and quiet within all of that. Having said that, it was not without moments of meltdowns. Having to buy an entirely new wardrobe really, really set me off. I remember looking at my old wardrobe, holding it up to my body, and feeling like, that was somebody else's clothes. And I remember Will walking into my bedroom as I was sifting through the clothes because at this point now we'd returned from the RV trip. I literally have two wardrobes, the wardrobe I left with on this trip and now the wardrobe I gained during the trip and realizing I didn't have enough effing closet space for the both of them. <laughs> so stuff had to get into a vacuum seal bag stat and needed to get stuffed under the bed or into a closet to make way for my now too big to ignore baby bump. And that was challenging. I remember him walking into me, absolutely sobbing, seeing me look at the clothes. And it was like, I was grieving myself. It was like someone was gone forever. At least that's how it felt. So I did a really good job for, I would say the entirety of the pregnancy to move, to work on my breath, to be really mindful, to be fierce about who was coming into my bubble and be sure as shit not letting anybody negative come into my space. But I think what I neglected to realize was how fluid the pregnancy experience is. It is so impermanent. And what's important to realize is that you're never gone. It's an evolution of self and you might need different clothes right now, or you might need different attention or, or focus on yourself in different ways right now, but it, it it's all adding adding value to the existing experience you have. And so it wasn't like I lost a wardrobe. It was that I was gaining the wardrobe of the person who was housing her new being that she was going to bring into the world. And so I don't think at the time I saw it like that. I just thought saw it as 
and you know, I want to, I want to mention something on the side of this, but I just saw it as this is really shitty. I have to buy new clothes and that's okay to feel by the way, if you're listening to this and you're just really annoyed that you've changed and you don't feel like you can recognize yourself, please sit in that. That's incredibly valuable because it's you trying to reconnect with yourself. And I will say on the other side of that is find your most authentic way to connect with the why of that. Because when I finally can, now that I'm on the other side of it, I can see the reason why I needed all of that was because I was stepping into a really cool, like Mandy 2.0 version of myself. It's not like I was erased. It was just different. So these were all the mental thoughts that I had. Um, you know, it, it seemed like it was really good on most days. It was really hard on others. Like you said, third trimester came and I felt like I was swelling up like a balloon in my face. If I showed you pictures now of myself from that month, I'm sure if we look at pictures of ourselves when we met that first day, when we took that photo together, you and I would be like, holy smokes, like we've changed a whole bunch. Who are they? <laughs> yeah. Who are they? I thought it was, it's, it's a crazy ride. What a crazy experience. The mental one. I think what you're saying is really, really cool to think about because in the moment, I didn't realize this either, but 10 months postpartum, which we are now, I see pregnancy now as this perfectly designed nine months of your life that truly does set you up for what's about to happen. Like, because you don't think about it in the moment because everything is just so new and it's just hitting you in the face. But you know, we, we have to learn to be uncomfortable. We have to learn to not sleep very well because your your belly is too big. In the third trimester, you have to learn how to look at yourself differently in the mirror. You have to, you know, you, you're given time to sit there and think about what's about to happen to you. I think, you know, a, a human pregnancy is long, <laughs> Sure. It's not necessarily like that for other animals. <laughs> and maybe that's, you know, on purpose because we need that time to process. To mentally process. Right? We need that yeah. time to process. We're such complex beings. And it all just flows together. Like it's like sitting here now and thinking about my journey from finding about finding out that I was pregnant to being pregnant, getting really pregnant, learning about birth, having gone through birth you know, going through the really hard postpartum days. And now here I am 10 months. And I remember thinking yesterday, like looking at Creed and being like, this is so great. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. there's been so many times where I didn't even think I would think that because I was just in such a dark thought. But now yeah. I'm at the point where I'm like, I see why people have kids. Like, it's, sure. It's, it is really amazing. She's so cool. Look what she can do. Like, you're starting to get all these proud mom moments. And, and it's just, it's a really amazing experience. It is not always positive. It is negative so much of the time. And it can really bring out like your darkest thoughts of yourself. And you will learn to overcome it. If, if you're struggling with that, try and seek help. Speak to someone else that has probably gone through it as well. Let us know. Send us a message. We'd love to hear about it. Hopefully, us having this podcast will help shed some light on it as well. If you know somebody that is experiencing pregnancy, is struggling with the hating their wardrobe, is struggling with nightmares, who didn't know that was a thing, who now feels like they're entering a world that they don't know themselves anymore, maybe send them this podcast. Maybe it'll help them. 
just reach out to them and talk to them. See if they're okay. Don't just tell them that they're glowing because they probably don't feel like it. It's a pretty shitty compliment, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think these are great points. You know, like if you have someone in your life who's pregnant, feel free to throw them, um, blame it on mom brain. But also ask them how they feel instead of telling them they look a certain way, they're radiating a certain way. Like, just let them because I often found I wasn't really asked. It was, how's baby? How are the appointments? Is baby okay? Is, are you feeling good? Is, like, like the most was, are you feeling okay? But it was always tied to baby. Like, ask mom. Ask her how she's doing, especially if she's a first-time mom. No, scratch that. It doesn't matter how many offspring she has. Ask her <laughs> how she's feeling first. Kids are fine. Everybody is fine. Dad's fine. Everybody, And you can get to that. But first, start with mom and then ask about how everyone else is doing because Chances are mom's going through a lot. Chances are mom brain is 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 part of the the equation as well. And so, you know, ask them how they're feeling and let them ah oh, take a load off and share with you if they feel comfortable and 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 confident to do so. Um I think that that was a really our our passion for wanting to launch blame it on mom brain was just we wanted to be able to have these conversations in a space where we both know we feel safe talking together, but maybe you don't have that and we hope that we get to lend that atmosphere to you. Um, with every episode. So, you know, at some point, well, fingers crossed, Jodine and I are working on getting um, both dads to be interviewed so we can get different perspectives on the pregnancy experience, but not from our side and maybe share that with you guys as well. Um, But if you do want to touch a bit on that and let us know how it went for your partner, or maybe you have another kid and this was your second or third pregnancy, how did the pregnancy experience go for the household as a whole? Um, You know, Jodine and I are first time moms with a first. Um, It'd be amazing to hear all the various perspectives on the pregnancy experience, no matter where you're at or how many months postpartum you are. Um, And if you're in the throes, you're doing great. Ask yourself how you feel. If no one has asked you today, then we would love to know. So feel free to send us a message um, on Instagram at blame it on mom brain. Um, And you know, Jodine, thanks for chatting with me about this. This is so cool to hear about your experience. Thanks for telling me. You're welcome. I mean, you know, this is, this is it. That's why we do this. So everyone will catch you next time on Blame It On Mom Brain. Bye. Bye.